Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast, free and on all platforms. I am James Yarko, joined as always by David Harrison. You can find everything that we are doing over at BucksNation.com. Make sure you follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JayArco underscore Bucks, at DHarrison82, and at Bucks underscore Nation. We'd like to welcome in all of our new and returning listeners. If you're new to the show, please subscribe. Leave a five-star review. It does help other Buccaneers fans find us. And if you're looking for a Sunday pregame show that talks about every game and every team in depth, check out the Locked On NFL Sunday show live every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. No sketches, no cameos, no fluff, just football every Sunday morning with host Cody Rourke and Ross Jackson. Follow and subscribe to the Locked On Live on Twitter, Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube. Don't forget to turn on notifications and be notified when the show goes live every Sunday at 11 a.m. James, you know what else is available and free on or free and available on all platforms? Uh, what's that? Tampa Bay Buccaneers content. And of course, one of the main content creators that all Buccaneers fans love is our guest today on Twitter at Carmi V and also on Instagram at Carmi V. And then I don't know what her TikTok is because I'm not on TikTok. But Carmen Vitali, Buccaneers staff writer, and no, her Super Bowl ring doesn't belong to her boyfriend, guys. It's hers. <laughs> Carmen, how are you? Well, I was wondering if you guys were going to go after that. At least he actually said husband. It was it was very oddly specific. He's like, who's your husband? I was like, oh, he Which said husband. That might even boyfriend. be worse because then I think he thinks I'm old uh, and old enough to have one, which I am for the record. But <laughs> it was just oddly specific. Yeah, I mean, I got married at 20. So, I mean... You know, old enough to be married is not okay. All right, that's fair. But it was just—it was very oddly specific. But thanks. Hi, guys. Welcome to the show. Thanks. Yeah, Carmen, we always appreciate you coming on. And of course, uh, as is the norm, as I was taught at the Walter Cronkite School of Journalism, when conducting interviews, we start at the end of the conversation. So, minute twenty-four remaining in the game. That was a joke, by the way. Bucks are down one. Tom Brady is your quarterback, but you only have one timeout. On a scale of one to ten, how worried were you? That was the bizarre part is there was this weird sense of calm that like washed over me. And because I had actually kind of been a little bit stressed throughout the game just because I knew I wasn't seeing what I thought I was going to see. And I, I didn't think that there were like there were some things that were just very uncharacteristic that were happening on the field from these guys, especially the defense. Um, but then I, I don't know, I saw a minute 24 and it's true. These guys do this in practice all the time. Like they always have situational drills, usually at the end of practice where they do some sort of two minute drill and the, you know, the parameters are different every time. It's like, sometimes you have a timeout, sometimes you don't. Um, but Tom Brady just like knows what to do every single time. So I'm like, I've seen him do this a million times in practice. And for someone who's like games might as well be practiced for him because he's had so many of them. So I'm like, I don't know. I didn't really think I was, I, I really wasn't that stressed. I was like, I think he's got this. It was weird. Yeah. I, I felt the same way. Honestly, I had a buddy text me and, and give me some grief. Like, yo, know, oh, they barely pulled it out. I was like, that was the most calm I have ever been in the 20 years that I have watched the Buccaneers mm-hmm. when they were losing with less than two minutes left. Like, <laughs> Was not concerned no. in the least. No, I really, and it's just such a contrast to my first few years here in Tampa. Um, and I, but, and to be fair, I think that's such a contrast from most fan bases or from most people watching their teams play. 
Uh, there are very few people I trust in that situation and certainly none more than Tom to get it done. Yeah. Now I wanted to start on the defensive side of the ball because honestly, yeah. it didn't look great overall did not look great. Right. I, David and I both attributed a lot of that to the game plan put together by Kellen Moore. I thought it was beautifully put together, beautifully executed, a lot of quick passes so that Dak wasn't under pressure from, from the pass rush. But it looked like Dean struggled early on after Sean Murphy bunting went down with the injury. It looked like Ross Cockrell took a little bit of time to get comfortable. Is this a, a combination of Dallas's offensive approach mixed with the Bucks having to make all those personnel changes on the fly? Or is this similar to last year where the defense just, they're not in that midseason form given the fact that it's just week one? Uh, no, I definitely think it's the former. And I do know that Dallas was throwing some things at them that they hadn't seen yet. And I think that's attributed to Kellen Moore. I think they were thinking, hey, more of the Mike McCarthy kind of style of offense. And that's what they were going to get. Um, and they there was a lot more personnel groupings, I think, than they were expecting. Um, just they were doing some different things. And then you add in the fact that Sean goes down so early. And it does expose how thin that secondary is, especially like that nickel position, because ideally you kind of want Mike Edwards to slide in there. I think at nickel, uh, he, cause he played nickel in college. He's really good at it, but you need him as a safety because Jordan white heads out. So it kind of throws you into then yes, having to play Ross Cockrell. And I think, you know, everybody got excited about the fact that Ross Cockrell got cross trained at safety and he's really good at safety as well. But just because you have a guy that can play both corner and safety doesn't absolve you from probably needing another body there too. Um, because we, in situations like this where you kind of need both um, it's, it, it makes for a very interesting kind of adjustment and one that you have to make on the fly. And I think then Dak also realized that he could pick on Jamel Dean a little bit. Um, didn't have as much help as he probably should have, or could have, especially with, you know, given the safety kind of rotation and everything. So um, yeah, I don't anticipate it being like an issue going forward. Like I'm not super concerned. Um, Andrew Adams, I mean, he had just gotten there earlier this week or earlier that week. Um, and granted he knew the system before, but he wasn't with the team all training camp and there was, there was new stuff that was installed, uh, in training camp. So that wasn't something that Andrew Adams knew yet. And I think that, you know, they elevated him off the practice squad and hopefully you get Jordan Whitehead back for week two for this Falcons game. And that'll give you a lot more flexibility. Well, we will be talking about the Falcons game coming up in just a moment as Carmen Vitality, staff writer of Buccaneers.com and Marvel Cinematic Universe connoisseur joins us in segment two. But first we have to talk about our friends over at betonline.ag. That's our friends, not Carmen's friends, but we are back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back to start another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 100% welcome bonus. That is double your initial deposit just for signing up don't forget to use promo code NFL 100 from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait. 
Take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Second two here, the Lots on Bucks podcast on Tuesday. David Harrison and James Yarko joined by Carmen Vitali. Find all of us on Twitter at dharrison82 at jyarko underscore bucks at V. Also on Instagram, I'm not active on Instagram very much, but Carmen is, so follow Carmen there. Buccaneer staff writer. Uh, Carmen, again, always great to talk to you. And we're going to do a little stat scouting. Stat scouting, because we always say here at the Lots on Bucks podcast that stat, stat scouting is the way to scout, of course, which I'm sure you would agree with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That was another joke, guys. <laughs> so looking at the stat box, Chris Godwin had a strong outing, right? right. Nine catches uh, to lead the team, 105 yards and a touchdown. But he also had one of those pit-in-your-stomach moments when he fumbled the ball on the two-yard line late in the fourth quarter, trying to put the game away. Like The, the motivation exa- is exactly where you want it. The result just didn't go out uh, the way that you would like it to. Redemption happened, though. He brought in a 24-yard reception from Tom Brady, ultimately setting up the game-winning kick from Ryan Suckup. Um, I know that his wife, Mariah, loved that moment. His brother-in-law loved that moment because I saw them on social media talking about the redemption. What do you think it meant because uh, you've been working you know, next to Chris Godwin in day-in, day-out practices and games since he joined the NFL. What do you think it meant to Chris to be able to uh, redeem himself that way at the end of the game? Well, more than what it meant to him, I think it just showed the mental toughness that he has because not everybody can bounce back from stuff like that. And we saw it, I mean, even in the Super Bowl, like there have been times where Chris Godwin has made mistakes or things that have been, you know, like not, they didn't end up being costly, which was great. Um, but you know, there's mistakes that are just not acceptable for him, but he's able to kind of like push that out of his head and still be as reliable. And then like, that's a credit to every, everybody around him, you know, offensive play callers, Tom Brady, all these guys that still have the trust in him and know that he has that mental toughness to bounce back and then to get, you know, the game, like the catch that really made the difference uh, for the Bucks. I mean, I wasn't, it's just funny because like, yeah, he fumbled at the two yard line, but it was like in an extra effort to get into the end zone, which you never want to like discourage, of course. And then I was like, there was no part of me that was like, okay, take him out of the game or don't go to him again. Or when I saw, you know, Tom Brady, like throw, throw that ball, knowing it was intended for Chris Godwin. Like I wasn't worried. So I, yeah, it just, it speaks like there's always going to be adversity. And I think that that's something this team talks about a lot is how there's always going to be adversity, but it's just how you handle it. And they handled it well, clearly. Win is a win is a win. That's right. That's right. One thing that was not handled very well was Vita Vea by the opposing Dallas Cowboys offensive line. Uh, I do want to talk about that. That was the perfect transition to that question. I just want to let you know. That was a very, very good one. Yeah. Especially after you're talking about stat scouting and Vita Vea didn't record a stat (laughs) in the game. Because he didn't have an impact in the game, which is exactly what James is about to ask you about. That's right. You know, why, why are we wasting our time putting a guy out here that doesn't put up stats, right? Uh, no, obviously right. we know how important he is to the defense, how much he opens things up for those around him. We got to see him ragdoll a grown man, like a child wrestling with one of those old stuffed wrestling buddies with Hulk Hogan's face on it. What that's is it trick. about? It was, but that's because I had, one, <laughs> and I remember ragdolling that thing like there was no tomorrow, but what is it about Vita Vea? that some of our listeners may not pick up on some of those that, that look at the stat box and say, what impact did he really have? 
what is it about him that makes him so important and, and such a vital piece to what Todd Bowles is trying to accomplish defensively? Yeah, he's just, he's a space eater and he makes you account for him every single play. And when you're, you couple him with someone like Ndamukong Sue, like on that play where he's taken center Tyler Biadish, I don't actually know how to say his last name, um, the Dallas center, like on the ride, right into Dak Prescott. If you look to Vita's left, there's Sue taking on a double team. And so if he's occupying two guys, that's going to mean that Zvito has a one-on-one and like you legitimately never want to give Vito a one-on-one because uh, he's going to do something like that. So when you make an offensive line have to choose between who they have to block, who they have to double, uh, somebody is always going to get free essentially. And you saw even uh, Dominican Sue, I think it took, took Troy Pollard or Tony Pollard just, you know, like picked him up like a baby and, you know, went to just like move him. Um, like by his, by his Jersey, which was, there's a picture of it and it's hysterical. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's a combination of those two. And then Vita himself, this scheme is very interesting because usually in a three, four defense, you think of the nose tackle as being a two gap player. This system doesn't necessarily make Vita have to account for two gaps all the time. So if he's just accounting for one gap, then his plate just got a lot less full. And if you just let Vita do what he does, uh, again, you're going to get these kind of mismatches. You're going to get the offensive line not realizing exactly where they're supposed to be, who they're supposed to block. Um, And it it just creates a ton of confusion. I mean, you see, and then you see looks like we saw a couple of times on Thursday night where you have Vita and Sue flanking the entire defensive line and you've got JPP and Shaq in the middle and Levante and Devin on the line and, it's just like, it's hysterical. And like, you got JVP like running in circles and trying and causing false start penalties. Like it's insane what this defensive front does. So you have a really athletic guy like Vita uh, anchoring that entire thing. And it's just, it's absolute chaos for an offensive line. Yeah. Some, some, some definite uh, entertaining moments in that game, even for as, as close as it actually was. Uh, Carmen, we officially turned the page towards Atlanta on our Wednesday episode here, but we can't have you on every day this week. You're a busy person, so you can't, unfortunately, become an unofficial <laughs> and also unpaid co-host um, on this show. <laughs> there, so, there it is. So there let me is. ask you, uh, so let's ask you a couple of Atlanta Falcon questions uh, since we have you today. Um, of course, the Falcons got throttled by the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, which even if you picked the Eagles to win just like James did, you didn't expect the, the result that happened there. Uh, Matt Ryan threw for just 164 yards and nothing else. Kyle Pitts had just 31 yards in his first NFL game, which even though he's a rookie, a lot of people uh, not giving him any any wiggle room on that one. We know week one is obviously a lot different than like a week 18, but is week two really going to be that much different? What should we expect from the Falcons on Sunday? Because uh, a lot of Bucks fans are already laughing and celebrating the whooping that this Bucks squad is about to put on the, the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, I don't like that because I just don't think that you can ever take anything for granted in this league. But I do think that there's obviously going to need to be a lot of adjustments made. And I think that it takes a couple of weeks to figure out what's too far, what you need to pull back, what you need to. So, like, they're going to be trying to I I was just watching that game and watching Matt Ryan and realizing like he just looks so uncomfortable in this offense now and I mean he had such a good relationship with Dirk Cutter their offensive coordinator and obviously former Bucks head coach uh he went back to Atlanta he was Matt Ryan's play you know offensive play caller 
before Dirk came to the Bucks, he was Matt Ryan's offensive play caller. So like that was someone that Matt Ryan was very, very comfortable with. He ran a system that he was very, very comfortable with. And now you can see that he's not as comfortable in what he's running right now. Um, and it, he doesn't have the team around him to kind of make up for that. He certainly doesn't have a defense that can hold it down while they figure it out, uh, which is kind of what happened with the Bucks last year as Tom Brady got assimilated into a new offense. So I expect that they're still going to have some bumps and things and kinks to work out that they are. I don't know if they're going to be as discombobulated. You'd hope that they wouldn't be, but I also don't want it to be a gimme game. And I definitely don't want, you know, this team, the Bucks team to look ahead past the Falcons already because they've got the Rams on the other side. And that's going to be pretty hard, especially what we saw from Stafford with uh, Sean McVay. That seems to be a good recipe out there. Um, so I don't want to, I don't want to think that far ahead. I don't want to take this game for granted. Um, but it does help that they're coming home and, uh, Tom Brady's level of petty and the fact that he will not let them forget. He is the one that handed them the single worst loss of any team in franchise history is just, ah, it's wonderful. And I'm here for all of it. It, it, That's exactly what I was about to bring up because I, I heard you say multiple times, that you don't want to take anything for granted and and nothing's a given in this league. This is a big game for both teams. It's the first divisional matchup. But Tom Brady posted a video with 328 <laughs> intentionally on the clock behind him. Bucked by a hundred, right? I know. I know. I'm like, again, I really think it's just kind of like my and my PTSD does not compare to a lot of people who have followed this franchise even longer, obviously than I have. Um, But I just can't bring myself to like be that arrogant because I'm like, I feel like that's when you get in trouble. And I like, I still can't just like fully grasp this team. Like maybe I have a reason to be arrogant. Like I kind of get it now with all the Patriots fans and everything, like all those years with Tom, eventually I guess it, it gets through to you that like, you can be like, you can just, yeah, you can take some certain opponents for granted because there's just no way you're going to lose. I don't know. I'm not there yet, though. I mean, the, the Bucks. I, I like the Bucks by a million just because of that. I mean, the first two games of the season are two of the teams that Tom has never lost to. Again, like, they almost, like it almost it almost happened on Thursday. Right. And right. For, factor, for factors that weren't even necessarily him, like neither of those interceptions I'm pinning on him. Um, so like he played really well, he's up for like FedEx air player of the week. And so it was just like, there are, it's a team sport for a reason. That's why I think I can't just get on board with the, like, well, Tom Brady says so, but we also saw his will to win at the end of the game, which is unmatched. Absolutely. All right. Well, Carmen, thank you so much for some of your time today. Let all of the fine folks out there know what you are up to over at Buccaneers.com. And for those that are unaware, which they should be aware and they should have listened already, but for those that may not have, why don't you tell everybody about uh, Booth Review? Yeah, we launched a new podcast. It's something that I've been working on for the past few months. Um, I wanted to drop all the episodes at once because they kind of feed off of one another. It's me basically taking you into coaches' offices with them and just having some fundamental football conversations about really, you know, various topics. Uh, I hope that there's something for everyone in there that, you know, if you already know football, you're going to get that, but you're also going to get some anecdotes and you're going to get 
these concepts kind of progressed for for you from these coaches, which I find really interesting. And then if you don't get the concepts in the beginning, you know, we explain them and it should run the gamut of football knowledge. But it was something that I was really excited to do because these are the conversations that I talk about not taking anything for granted. These are the conversations that I get to have with these guys all the time. And so I really wanted other people to be able to have them, you know, even just being a fly on the wall for them. So we recorded them and all of the coaches were so great um, to take their, t- you know, take some of their time away and, and hang out with me. So please go check it out. I really, all eight, eight episodes are available right now. We're kind of highlighting one each week so far. I think we've highlighted the one with Clyde Christensen. Uh, if you want to hear some stuff about Tom Brady and Peyton Manning and Clyde actually taking Tom to Peyton Manning's hall of fame party in uh, Canton, that is a really fun story. He also kind of rips into Kyle Trask a little bit in a very fun coachy, you know, father figure way. Um, and then I had Larry Foot on last week, which was really, he's always a good time. Yeah, those those podcasts are absolutely phenomenal. I cannot <laughs> recommend them enough. Uh, again, Carmen at Carmi V on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me, guys. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning while and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Rock Auto will help you save time and money You don't need to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership. Rock Auto is a family business serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years. Rock Auto's prices are reliably low for every customer, and they have everything that you could possibly need from brake parts and tail lamps to motor oil, even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today and find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Does this sound familiar to you? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called DirecTV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract, so get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible devices required. Content varies by package. Wrapping things up here on a Tuesday edition of the Locked On Bucks podcast. James Yarko, David Harrison at jyarko underscore bucks at dharrison82 on Twitter. David, we have a couple of roster moves that we got to talk about real quick before we get over to a voicemail. The Buccaneers promoted Andrew Adams from the practice squad to the active roster, and they signed long snapper Carson Tinker. And those are a result of the Bucks placing Sean Murphy bunting and long snapper Zach Triner on the injured reserve, which means both of those guys are going to miss at least three weeks. Now, 
Greg Allman of The Athletic says that Zach Triner's injury, where he has torn ligament in his finger, is probably going to cost him closer to 10 to 12 weeks. But he made all those snaps on Thursday night with that torn ligament, battled through it, fought through it. But it it's something that he's going to have to take some time off for. Uh, also, the Bucks have signed Chris Cooper and Pierre Desir to the practice squad. Cooper being a safety. Pierre Desir is a cornerback who was recently with the New York Jets. Yep. So some good updates there, James. We've got some voicemails that we want to make sure we get to before we turn the page to the Atlanta Falcons tomorrow when you and Evan Klasky hold our weekly WTSP Wednesday. So let's hear from a couple Bucks fans right now, and then you and Evan can clear out the rest tomorrow. Hey, James and David, this is Yusuf out here in Phoenix. So let me start off by saying that this game was fan-freaking-tastic, particularly from an offensive standpoint for both teams. Dak Prescott played out of his mind. He played fantastic, considering the fact that he hasn't played since week five of last year. That's pretty impressive, if you ask me. The Bucks have a lot to work on, uh, particularly on defense in the back end there. Um, again, we didn't play bad, but we need to clean up some things. I hope Sean Murphy bunting is okay. It looked like a dislocation to me. Hopefully it wasn't a break, but we'll find out soon. And I wish him a speedy recovery, whatever uh, the diagnosis ends up being. But the Bucks' offense played well. I mean, for the most part, it was going up and down the field. A few three and outs here and there, but for the most part, I was fine with the offense. Chris Godwin made up for that fumble that he had in the end zone when the game probably should have been over by at that point, but he made up for it by catching that back shoulder throw that Brady threw him. I mean, my goodness. One last thing before I go. Has the NFL not figured out if you give Tom Brady time, any significant amount of time at the end of the game, he's going to punish you? I don't get why the Cowboys didn't get the memo on that. Anyways, guys, those are just a few of my thoughts. And as always, go Bucks. Yousef, appreciate the call. Yeah, we obviously we just talked about Sean Murphy Bunting moving to the IR, uh, but no MRI results have been released yet. Assuming we're going to get those sometime today when Bruce Arian speaks to the media. Also, I love the enthusiasm of of teams leaving time on the clock for Brady, but what was it, David? He's nine for nineteen in in game winning drives in the regular season with under two minutes left. Isn't that the stat that was uh, that was put up on the broadcast? Yeah, it was something around there. Yeah, I don't remember exactly, was, but yeah, something around there. He was eight for eighteen, and now then he's course, nine for nineteen. Now he's nine for nineteen. So playoffs are a different story, but regular season maybe not quite as as money as you would think. Yeah, and I mean, you know, far be it for me. I, I, we've we've gone through so many years of Bucks fans just being like very negative, and usually for pretty good reasons. So you don't really oh, want to yeah. like be negative here. But this is something I guess we haven't really talked about a lot. I don't know if you and Evan are really going to get into it, but. Uh, the Bucks played bad. Like they had a poor game, and it wasn't all on like Tom Brady, and it wasn't all on the defense. Like the 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 Fournette, you know, pick drill or uh, tip drill, you know, INT the Rojo fumble, uh, the Chris Godwin fumble. Like there, there's obviously a lot of talent on the team, right? Like nobody's saying the team sucks or anything like that. But that was a bad game for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, when you look at it, five of the Buccaneers' drives, they they only had 12 possessions in the game. Five of them 
uh, had three or fewer plays. You talk about three and outs. Well, then there was like a one play turnover, a one play turnover, a two play turnover. Um, and even if you take out the halftime Hail Mary, which is fair, then you're talking about four out of 11. So you're talking about more than a third of your possessions ended in three or fewer offensive plays. That's a, that's a bad game. You know what I mean? Um, but at the same time, and, and we haven't really gotten into it because we haven't had a lot of skies falling voicemails from fans, which I love by the way. So don't take this the wrong way. I'm not trying to encourage negativity. Uh, but I was fully prepared to tell Buccaneers fans, like, this kind of shows you, like, because a lot of people are like, man, the Cowboys apparently are a lot better than we thought they were. To me, this actually shows you that the Cowboys really aren't that good because a lot of other teams, the Bills, the Steelers, uh, you know, the the Chiefs, you know what I mean? Apparently the New Orleans Saints. Like, if you give them four turnovers and you give away uh, a third of your possessions with fewer than three offense or three or fewer offensive plays, they're going to beat you. You know what I mean? So the fact that the Buccaneers won this game despite how badly it really went uh, shows one, just, just how much the Dallas Cowboys have to still grow. And two, just how much this Buccaneers team can overcome and still be successful, which was one of your takeaways uh, on yesterday's episode. Yeah. I mean, the, the Cowboys came out and they played an a game. The Bucks played C, C minus game, and it still resulted in a win. So lots of, lots of room to go up for the, uh, for the Buccaneers Cowboys, I think that's as good as you can expect them to play for for a lot of the season. But I'm I'm impressed with how quickly Dan Quinn seems to have that defense together. David, let's go ahead and get to one more voicemail before we get out of here. Hey, James, this is Kevin from Orlando calling. All right, so the Bucks got the win barely. I just want to share my uh, fantasy football experience from last year. As last year, I had uh, Dak Prescott. First few weeks, he was putting up some crazy good numbers and I was shocked because he was uh, practically what seemed like carrying my team early on and then he got hurt and my team ended up finishing around 500. I had an inkling could he regain that form? Lo and behold it did indeed happen. You know I'm not really too surprised about that considering what happened last year before his injury. Putting that together I do believe the Bucks defense is better than what we saw. I do believe that the Cowboys offense is really that good. I do believe the Buccaneers are going to defense is going to bounce back from the performance um, that they had. Uh, got some things to clean up. I'm glad glad the Bucks got the win, and let's hope we can improve from there. Kevin, thank you very much for the call. And, and yeah, I mean, obviously fantasy owners were excited at the beginning of last year when when they had Dak Prescott. I guess I wasn't super surprised that Dak Prescott looked good uh, because he's a good quarterback. I was more surprised that he looked to be in midseason form that early. Uh, you know, I expected Dak to be rusty. Uh, I'll give the due credit, man. Considering the injury he's coming off of, the fact that he stood in that pocket as confidently and, and is looking a lot better than I expected. Not that I expected bad. I just expected rust. David, that is going to do it for us on this episode. Of course, coming up tomorrow, we have WTSP Wednesday. I will be joined by Evan Klosky. We're going to put a tight little bow on the Thursday night game, and he and I are going to start talking a little Falcons. And I'll make sure to get uh, I'll make sure to get Evan's bold prediction for the game, his predictive MVP, and all that stuff that you and I are going to talk about on the Friday episode. Until then, check out everything going on over at BucksNation.com. Follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, at DHarrison82, and at Bucks underscore Nation. You can send us your emails to LockedOnBucksPodcast at gmail.com or give us a call at 813-444-5841. Another thank you to Carmen Vitale of Buccaneers.com. Follow her on Twitter at Carmen.
Carmi V on Instagram at Carmi V. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day. Stay safe, stay healthy, wash your hands, be good to each other. And we thank you so much for joining us right here at Locked On Bucks.